This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Well, Jim, we opened the show um, with some news regarded, regarding uh, Colt Perfetti. I'm not surprised by this. I'm surprised at the length of the injury. Um, I was thinking after you hear the coach start saying he'll be a reevaluated, reevaluated, which is what he was saying consistently on the trip. Um, that usually means that it doesn't look good, but we're waiting to give the proper answer to how long he's going to be missing. Uh, the news just coming out, our Kelly Moore, uh, 680 CGOB sports director, as well as Jet Studio host, uh, was down there. Cole Perfetti out a minimum of eight weeks. Uh, as per uh, Rick Bonus, head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, upper body injury, uh, not related to last year's injury, uh, added um, to that as well. Uh, Murata Tesh uh, with The Athletic, friend of the program right here on 680 CJOB, contributor as well. Um, a slight delay adding on to that, a slight delay. But we, we don't, we'll get to that in just a second and, and what that, that meeting was and what Murat was um, uh, potentially um, speculating about. But uh, this is a big injury. This is a big blow to the Winnipeg Jets um, right now. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, he's a top six player right now. And no matter yeah. what they were going to do a week from today at the deadline or prior, um, he was going to be a big part of it going forward. Part of the things they were going to do if it was a top six player, I assume, would be put him on the third line, which adds more to the depth. This changes significantly not the rest of the season, not only the rest of the season for the Jets, but also what they may or may not do as they approach the trade deadline. It's it's bad news, and it's sad news for Cole Perfetti, who already missed significant time last year due and, to injury. And, you know, and injured this year as well. So I'm just just did the quick, the best. Yeah, yeah, just did the quick little math here. Uh, the latest, if if eight weeks is in fact going to be the the, the limit here. Uh, he's going to he'll come back the week of April twenty third, uh, which would be right First stone round, cold yeah. in the middle of the of the postseason. So this is this is sad news for Cole. Like this is two years in a row where he's had a significant lengthy injury, um, and it also the news came out yesterday. So this is probably good news, and I don't know if this is related at all. But they said that you know the Jets are in on Timo Meyer, one mm-hmm. of the teams. The insiders were reporting that but said one of the pieces they would not part with is Cole Perfetti. Um, so that was kind of our debate yesterday on how all in the team should go for it or whatnot, but that now becomes a moot point. But then it does add to there are pieces out there they could put in this top six and make the team yeah. better by putting Perfetti down lower or adding in the lower and keeping him up there. But regardless, it's a moot point now, and it's yeah. a significant injury, and it's a big blow to the Jets. Look, we, we did a year last year where the Jets did not play well, missed the playoffs with predominantly the same roster, but they were predominantly healthy. This has been a tough year health-wise. And, and mm-hmm. I, I always say that with teams like um, we, the Avalanche are here tonight and look at the injuries they've been dealing with. So um, they've gotten this far with some significant injuries in their lineup. Uh, it hurts for sure. It raises some eyebrows about um, going forward till next Friday's trade deadline. Um, and then it also makes you wonder, like, they could probably sustain this because they sustained months without yeah. Nick Ehlers. But it's not a good scenario. Yeah, it's not a death blow. And, and, and Jim, we talked about this several times. Cole Perfetti was, if there was going to be an addition at the deadline here into the top six, uh, Perfetti was going to be the guy that was likely uh, going to be the guy that moved down to either the third or fourth line, provide scoring in, in, in a position like that, which you're going to need in a, in a playoff in a, series. In a fashion, to get some scoring out of that third line. What we Without just talked doubt, yesterday, like yeah. if you could play Perfetti, it's not because Perfetti can't 
hold water on the top six. It's that you're improving your top six while improving your your third line, which we talked about the lack of scoring over the past couple of weeks from there. So it's not a death blow like you say, but it's it's disappointing news. Like this hurts the Jets. Yeah, fourth injury for him over the last calendar year. I mean, this has been something that has been stacking up. I mean, whenever something like this happens, and specifically with the length, you're going to see a lot of people go after uh, and say, you know, um, you know, injury prone and all that sort of thing. And, and yeah, it's been really unfortunate for him over the last little bit and sort of the beginning of his career. He's missed significant amount of time. Uh, but I've seen players that have had uh, rough goes. I mean, Kyle Connor had a label of, of injury prone coming into the National Hockey League, and he's been relatively healthy uh, throughout his entire career. Um, and you've seen these guys sort of turn that around. So I, I don't like to label anybody injury prone, but I mean, it, it's definitely concerning. I'm not going to uh, run away from that. Well, I was wondering why Jeff Chikrin trade hasn't been done yet, and some people responded to me, well, he's always injured. And I'm like, that's not why this trade has not been <laughs> no, done yet. No. I, and I, I said, like, they, somebody asked me, they were like, well, can you trust him in the playoffs? He's never been in the playoffs and he's always injured. I'm like, the Jets went into a bubble and the first game of the playoffs lost their two top player, two top six yeah. players in Shifley and Line. Like, you don't prepare in making your team better, wondering if... Now, I get it if it's concussion or if yeah. it's like... I get like you want a healthy player, but I'm not acquiring Jeff Chickren because he's injured a lot. I'm acquiring <laughs> Jeff Chickren because he's a better player and going to help our team. Yeah. And so you can't I, you can't make moves in anticipation of cannot. he's going to get injured. I mean, how can you how can you operate an NHL hockey team? And like with that? this news just coming out, you made the valid point of you know you it's never good news. Yeah. But now is better than a week from now. Oh God! With a, whatever whatever they do at the deadline, if if Perfetti was part of the plan, at least now they know and can adjust yes. to what they may or may not want to do. Yeah, because if this happens next week, you can't fix it. I, I I've seen this. I forget the player's name, but it's happened two or three times in my time, where the trade deadline passes, teams acquire a major piece, and two games later they're done for the year. Yeah. And it's like devastating, but you can't, like you said, you can't plan that way. You go w- do what makes your team better. Yeah, I mean, you, you, if you're going to be sitting there and saying, "Well, I don't want to make this move," because, well, what if In he gets, case, what if you get injured ten games into it? Well, yeah, of course, what it could happen. There's no doubt about Eric it. Eric no Lindros guarantees. at the end of his year, I could see at the end of his career <laughs> yeah. going, "Yeah, I have some concerns," yeah. but not with a 24 year old D man who's been not. in the league this long. This is ominous. And I don't want to overstate it or anything like that because I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on. But Murata Tesh said there's a slight delay between the Jets morning skate and Rick Bonus's media availability for a team meeting. We'll be interested to see what Bonus says. Now, this could be after practice. Hey, guys, closed door meeting. Hey, guys, we got the news. Cole's done for the rest of the regular yeah. season. But that's okay. It's, it hurts us. We're going to need some guys to step up. I don't know how it's going to affect us at the deadline. Stop worrying about that. But we don't have Cole regardless till the end of regular season. But it could just be that. Or, as Murata Test reports and tweets, I asked Bonus about the lengthy Jets meeting before the presser. Nice try, Bonus said, saying it's a closed-door thing. I probed, wondering if it was more about prepping for Colorado the skates at this time of the year, or, and he said, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, and I, I was wondering why, because, you know, uh, Kelly had, had gotten in some some stuff from Josh Morrissey and Mark Schaefer, and we'll hear from him as as the show goes on, for in, in a one-on-one capacity at around 11 o'clock, 
which is, you know, there was it was an optional skate today. We'll get to that in just a little bit. It looks like Connor Hellebuck's going to be getting the starting net again. Um, Sandberg and Axel Janssen, if you all be uh, getting back into the lineup here, um, uh, Stanley, Capobianco, and, and Sam Gagne staying out for, for extra time as well, uh, David Gustafson uh, out there. And I, and I was wondering why it was taking so long for Rick Bonus to come out because I was looking forward to uh, having a chance to cut up some of his clips for the show here. And I was wondering, it was taking a long time. So I was starting There's- to think what was... Well, obviously something was going on because we would have had, we, we would have heard from the availability and it would have happened a lot earlier. Here's what I think. And I have, I've not talked to anybody down there yet. And this is pure my speculation. <laughs> okay. I Rick, love speculation. I know, I know. I and I, I don't, but this, I know is, all, drives this you is all nuts, I have. But this is what I love. I love this kind of but stuff. But just based on my experience of covering hockey this long, my spider sense are tingling. Rick Bonus is not happy. No. Rick Bonus is not happy with the way this team can't score for the past 14 to 17 games. Rick Bonus is not happy in the fact that when they do score, it's because of what he's been saying for months. Go to the net, greasy goals, doing that. And he, as we said, going into the break, then they had the break. This team has not played up to its capability for about 15, 16 games now. And, and win or lose, throw all that out. It's about the way they need to play and get consistent. So I think it is a little bit about everything. I think it is about Parfetti's done for the rest of the regular season. I think it's the trade deadline's a week away. Forget about it. There's nothing you can control. Yeah. And then I think it's a lot about we need to focus on what I'm asking you to do. There's this many games left. Colorado's here tonight who's nipping at our heels. When he said months ago, I think that's what was brought up today. Minnesota's two points back. Remember too, when he said months ago, you're yeah. in first, take pride in that. Don't take it for granted. And what I think he meant by that is don't start going east-west. Don't start behind the back passes. Remember what got us here and take pride in that to continue doing it. And I think that's... So that's, you know, Jim, and I'm just can, speculating yeah. off the comment of it's a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I think it's, hey, guys, we don't have Perfetti. Hey, guys, it's a week from today. Stop worrying about it or thinking about it. Focus on this. And then, hey, guys, I'm telling you for the last time as we go forward here from tonight on, this is what I want and need from you. I, I, I don't think... I think we saw some of the best of the Winnipeg Jets this year when they were dealing with significant injuries. I'm not saying when they were missing Wheeler and Appleton and Morgan Barrett and Nick Ehlers all at the same time. Of course, that presented challenges. But we saw the best of these guys when they were digging, going to the net, and scrapping out wins. And it's as soon as the talent comes back, the skill comes back, and this is what Paul Maurice was battling all last year and why he said, I can't can't get through to them. It's a part of this core's DNA. It's it's a part of the DNA. And I'll go back to the Mark Stewart, Zach Bogosian days. They lose four of their top six D-men, and they have one of their best months of that year. Something clicked in the bubble because this was not a part of the Winnipeg Jets. And we saw them try to outskill teams before that. I remember in the series with with St. Louis and, yeah. and leading up after the big run, there was sort of this this change of mindset uh, within the group. And I think it, it got bigger within the bubble. And the coaching is not going to stop. This is going to be Scott Arneal, and this is going to be Rick Bonus's battle throughout the, uh, the rest of the year. And it's and it's we, we've already seen the blueprint. We have saw what works. And when we, we fall into these sort of... I don't know if you call pitfalls or what is it, Jim? And, and I'm, I'm just, sure. when I read that and we're talking about it now, why my spider sense is tingling is 
we see teams lose nine games in a row and then there's a closed door meeting and we think that that's the yeah. what we don't see and we we were today because people were waiting but they didn't meet yesterday they were off mm-hmm. and i think rick bonus would have done it yesterday after practice nobody would have known about it and then they have yeah. the morning skate today the fact that they had today off and there's that lull in between availability because of this meeting it tells me that, again, we think that when we hear closed door, blah, 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 these are meetings that happen in year that we never hear about. Yeah, and they're specifically exactly. of what we're talking about is this is it, fellas. Like, and, and maybe there's a little bit not don't worry about next Friday's deadline. Yeah. Maybe there's some wake up, start doing what got us here and start doing it consecutively. Yeah. Or we've got to make – he could have been saying, look, I don't know what management's planning, but if you want to be a part of this – you better start playing the way that got us here and, yeah. and getting and, and getting and I'm like just paraphrasing what a speech like that would be. But getting back to what I'm asking of you. Do you remember what it felt like at the end of last hard year? working for checking, creating turnovers, solid defensive play, and you will score three or more goals a game. Yeah. And we're 32 and two when we do that they or, or whatever. And and it's been dropping, Jim. I mean, they dropped yeah. to 18th in goals for. So it's They're an just time over of year. an average of three goals per game. They're just over that. Their record is horrific when they don't score two or, or, or when they score two yeah. or less. And their record is outstanding when they score three or more. And to me, there's a way this team plays. They'll score three or more every single night if they can do it. Let's take a break. We'll come back to get to some of your text messages, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. I'm going to ask you, our wonderful listener, how does this change the approach of the deadline? I I, I think it. Th- I think it's still relatively the same. It just becomes more clear as to what needs to happen. Is that fair? Yeah, and it doesn't have to be as negative as I kind of pay. It could just be, fellas, this is it. Yeah. Like, we got a week to the deadline. I don't know what management's going to do, but this is what we need to it's do. Likely there's and gonna if be, you do it, yeah. we're most likely going to be adding and going forward. Uh, there's likely going to be injuries, too, in the last but, two months of the yeah, season, but too. But you this know, is what we need to do to be successful, and we haven't been doing it for 12 to 14 to 15 games. There's a big curling game on right now. Wild Love card curling. one, Caitlin Laws. She's on the ice right now. It's in the seventh end. I'll give you the score after this. Hurry hard to commercial. Let's go. Hurry. Hurry. No. Yes. <laughs> Great shot. Jets at noon on 6-8-CJOB. Oh, Sarah. Happy Friday. Hi, Sarah. It's your <laughs> one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Oh, so I would... <laughs> I get into work today. Oh, my God. Just well, actually, shame. no, it was she had gotten into work. I got it done. I'm done by 925 Sportscast. <laughs> Sarah's sitting there, and she, 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 and she did, like, the slow roll in her seat, <laughs> a slow turn. And she looks at me. She goes, do you want black or regular? And I said, what? You said, I don't see color. <laughs> yeah. And then she asked me, um, no, she brought me a coffee this morning. So I don't know what her <laughs> angle is. Because you guys kept bugging me. I felt so bad. So I, I got so in guilty. today <laughs> about 19 hours after you get in. Yeah. 19 hours. Yeah. And I go to my that. stall, which is right beside my you. Because we're like Will Ferrell and yeah. Marky Mark and the good guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who's who? We'll discuss that later. Yeah. Um, but there's a coffee there, and I turned, and Sarah's already looking at me <laughs> over the shoulder with, the, for with the one raised eyebrow. 
No. Bully me into buying you a coffee. Here's your coffee. And now we just feel shame. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you very Thanks, much. I was feeling generous. I today. immediately pulled yeah. out the Seinfeld. You can't afford that. You're on a fixed income. <laughs> So you bought 12 oh coffees God. the other day, and now you've been guilted into buying. How many did you buy today, Sarah? Four. Four. <laughs> it was not 12 the other day. Well, if my friend Jason, who works at Tim Hortons, is listening, which he sometimes does, Sarah McCarthy is an angel, Jason, no. and buys Tim Hortons for the entire office now. No. Every week. Oh. You know what? Did you I jump the gun? Are you going to do it every that. week? You know what the thing is? <laughs> and here's the thing. This She's wasn't a Tim Hortons and, and angel. I'm, I'm going to be honest here. This is just my feelings about this whole thing. This wasn't out of the goodness of her heart. This wasn't out of I'm going to do something nice for my coworkers. It was to stick it yeah. to you and me. It was like a shiv in the clink. Bit. Here yeah. you go bit. from behind. <laughs> Take my hard-earned cash. There you go. I told you this was going to end. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Sarah, one before I let you go, so I that's got our one way point. of saying thanks, Sarah. Yeah. yeah thank you. you. Actually, that. thank you very much, Sarah. I do, I do mean that. And this is a very important question as we wrap up the one minute. Uh, two minute, three minute power play here with Sarah McCarthy um, at the Scotties. Mm-hmm. Okay, Krista McCarvel is on to the championship round. Yes. She represents Northern Ontario. Now, I, I know you're not I'm going a... for Rachel Holman because no, no. that's Southern Ontario. Those Correct. are those are like that's the enemy. Yep. Are you going for Northern Ontario or Manitoba now that this is your new home? This is a toughie because I have we. My house is always cheered for both, so this is a real toughie. You can't go against your home. I know. What does Papa McCarthy Thunder say? Bay? He would probably say Thunder Bay. Northern Ontario, Crystal yeah. McCarthy. Of course he has. still lives there. No. Yeah. But it's like when you, I was in Calgary, I was you, all Manitoba. I'm not changing. I'm happy for either of them. Well, if he wants those Bruce Springsteen <laughs> tickets, he might start liking Manitoba a little bit more. <laughs> right. Yeah, come here often. That's, that's your one-minute power play with the most generous co-worker <laughs> ever, Sarah McCarthy. Going for Northern Ontario, <laughs> so everybody just make note of that. There we go. Thank Happy you, Friday. Sarah. Happy Friday to you. 204 780 6868. See, gotta, that's what this was all about. Now too. we got to do something nice back yeah, or else for those guys. 204 780 6868. 204 780 6868. How does this affect Cole Perfetti's eight week injury? Um, how does this change anything? And I said coming into the break, I don't think it necessarily changes things. It's, an un- it's unfortunate. I think maybe you. I mean, Jim, what is it? Does it force you to bring in a top six? I think the, I, I don't think it changes too much. But what it does do is it makes you look for more. Yeah, uh, I think they were looking at bringing in a top six anyway, but at a reasonable price. I wonder, yeah. to my point now, if this amp ups the ante that now they need a top six. Or does it? Does the teams that the Winnipeg Jets are now uh, coveting for some of these top six forwards? Does that team now go back and say, "Listen, you just lost Perfetti for eight weeks." You know, this becomes a little bit more of a dire situation for you. You're going to have to give up a little bit more. Well, Janssen That's Fialby what I would will do. stay. Um, I, I mean, another question is, is who goes there now? Is it Gagne? Like, who goes to that left side in the top six? And is it Barron? Does Barron go up and you put uh, Gagne on the – or Axel Fialby See, that was on? the – I think, like – and again, things never work out. I think Barron was always going to go down to the fourth line. And Perfetti was going to probably go to, to the yeah. third and line. I thought That's that, what the that was. It was. I the think, move. My, in my estimation – Totally agree with you. Yeah. The move to add to the top six was also a double-edged sword of improving your bottom six by putting Perfetti with Lowry, more offense. Yeah. Barron, who is very good on the third line, mm. would have more opportunity to potentially score more against fourth liners. 
So I think it. Uh, I don't think it changes the philosophy at all. But I wonder if they look a little harder. But to me, they were always looking to bring in a top six guy and and add some depth. Yeah. Now the other news is what I said yesterday is they are in on Meyer now. Yeah. They are they in St. Louis and Carolina and it seems Boston's out with what they've done, um, and uh, oh New Jersey. Those seem to be the four or five teams. But the that that is news. It's not news that they were looking at it, but mm-hmm. it's news that's come out yesterday from Pierre LeBrun, um, one of the insiders that said that they are they are in on it. They're they're talking so. Um, now this this maybe does them a double edged sword favor as well that the Perfetti's out of the equation. Now now it's clear. Now it's 100% or does San Jose go? will still take him and and just wait for him to heal in the next season. I doubt that. Yeah, but I think he's injured, so he can't be traded. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Um, so I I think it, it's ominous. But it, to our conversation, Cam, like I this is what I love about our listeners: agreed or disagreed. Like we the outpour from people wondering if they should go all in or not. Yeah, and, and I thought yesterday. about it last night, and I I got back to a few people, and then I thought about it more today. Mm-hmm. There is a ton of risk to it, but I still come back to you need Connor Hellebuck. And if you and, and like and to what Elliot Friedman said this morning I read, he's like, you cannot waste this season that Hellebuck's having. We saw the season last year. And it I, was I, that lot, I've, I've I've had a lot of time. I've spent, spent all night. Like if you're about it and, and all you have to do is is look yeah. at like some other top end goalies. And and if they're having a great year. You have to sort of go for it because it, it begins and ends with goaltending come playoff time. Yeah, I think building a team overall begins with centers, which they have, and then you need a good goalie. But if you have a great goalie and he's playing great and you have those centers, you can't sort of just sit back and, and go, okay, we'll augment the third line. You, you've got to look at anything and everything you can do to ride that into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I had a lot of time to think about this too, as well. And I, I, I just think, and I, and I go back to it that there's a certain line with because of, uh, like, just because of the challenges of running this team. There's certain lines you can't cross because the cost is just going to be too much and the risk is just going to be too high. So you have to be a little bit more conservative based on the way that the Winnipeg Jets have to operate. And I will st- I will stand there. However, if you're able to bring in uh, people like, I mean, Nick Schmaltz, his texture. Have you heard of the Schmaltz rumor out of Arizona? I like him. I can't help but think we can get the same out of Domi and out of Winger like Comtois and Shen for the, for the same amount. Like the thing is with Schmaltz, he comes with, he comes with term. And when you see guys with term, the, it, it becomes a lot more – um, palatable because just like you said, Jim, you're, you're right that the Jets have to be more all in this year than they have in previous based on the situation in terms of contracts. Who's to say that they go out there and they they swing for the fence and they have two really, really great seasons, maybe not win a cup, but certainly challenge for one, and then players see where this team is and they want to come back. And that might present a better opportunity to re-sign people than just saying, we're rolling in two years. And then after that, we're going to reevaluate where everything goes. So I, I, I've had a long, had a lot of thinking about that, and and what's the best, what's the best way to present um, the chance for some of these guys to to, to resign with this organization and, and and stay here. But I also come back to the same fact, and we have to break here because we want I want to make sure we have enough time for 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 Connor McGahee. Um, because of the challenges the Winnipeg Jets face as almost unique in the National Hockey League, if not very unique, there's there's only a few other teams that have to face this, a handful, maybe even less than that. Um, 
the Winnipeg Jets also can't let assets run as UFAs and just let them walk. They have to trade them for picks. Just the way that this organization is run and guys on term, like like maybe a Morgan Barron or or um, when they brought in Neil Pionk during that time, they have to make moves like that to be able to stay viable in the league because of the challenges with free agency and at the trade deadline with people that have Winnipeg at the top of their list in terms of places they don't want to end up. The other thing yeah. I thought of, and I'll be quick here, Ken, but the yeah, other thing I thought about, like, I wouldn't do this if this was next year. Yeah. I wouldn't sit here and go, you have to go all in and all. It's the idea that you have two solid runs at this. You have this season and you have next year. Mm-hmm. And you've got Hellebuck. And I look, I'm not trying to say he's more important than Shifley or Dubois if those guys walk. But he is. I he, guess he, I am. No, he is. Jim, he is. He's Without a, ge- a doubt, He's a he generational is. goaltender. He is. And he, for he, everybody who yeah. wants to roll their eyes or go, oh, I, they should have traded him last year and stuff, nah, you, you need to wake up. The idea that the Jets will bring in another Connor Hellebuck or find one in the draft in the next three to five years is asinine. It's not going to happen. And you probably likely won't see another goaltender like Hellebuck in Winnipeg. So if, if this, he doesn't resign your gym in 2025, 20, 20, years, you won't see another guy be between the pipes for the Jets. So if this like was Hellebuck. next year, I would be going easy on the on the prospects. Yeah. You know, maybe just catch lightning in a bottle. But the fact that you have the two straight years of loading this roster up with these pending free agents next offseason, I think you can't ask for anything more as an NHL team to have two legitimate shots in a row at a Stanley Cup. You gotta it you you you, you gotta go all in. I think to a certain extent where you have to, because I think everybody gets tunnel vision about the Timo Myers and the Jacob Chickrens and stuff like that. And every team's clamoring for them. That doesn't mean that they're the only pieces moving. Yeah, on the It table. doesn't have to be those two names, but there you do be, need to cheap, go for it. There's cheaper options, but you can't just say we're going into the trade deadline and we're going to bring in two little rental pieces. There's got to be a little bit more there. And, and if there is a piece and, and there, and Brad Lambert and um, Chaz Lucius and Ville Hainala and Rutger McGrory and the first round pick of the next two years is in play. You're going to have to have a mammoth move that's going to skyrocket this team. That's the way I look at it. We got to come back. Connor McGahey will be with us, play by play voice of the Colorado Avalanche after this. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. And I, I'm only giving this score because our, our, our guest here requested that he was not going to come on the airways unless I updated the score constantly um, uh, at the uh, at the Scotty's tiebreaker here heading into the championship round. Uh, Caitlin Laws uh, has the hammer right now in the eighth. It's tied 5-5. And then we bring on Connor McGahey, Avs play-by-play man. I know he's attached to the, t- to the tube watching uh, Canadian championship curling. Right, Connor? You, you thought you were kidding, but I, 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 I'm all about the Scotties. Oh, I'm, yeah? I'm watching it right now. Oh, Fantastic. are you? Oh, yeah, big curling guy. Yeah. Oh, big that's curling. awesome. You got your second Tim Hortons, and you're yeah. just ready to go here for the, the end of this draw. Yeah, I saw <laughs> well, you're, 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 I mean, I saw you got your USA socks on, so you can't go too far, but you're really pushing into the Canadian uh, Connor. Hey, we don't have time for this, but next oh, time yeah, we no, do I, have I, you on, I, I want – sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. I'm just talking like an idiot. Well, yeah. I, speaking of USA Sox, we don't have time for this today. We'll, we'll tee up this game right away. But I, next time we have you on, I want to talk about all these NFL players taking up curling and doing very well at it. Jared Allen and all the guys uh, yeah. starting these leagues. That's outstanding. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, stuff. yeah. No, they, they love it. And even even my family, my dad and my brother, are 
they're on a curling team in the mountains of Colorado. They're called the Curling Irons. So yeah, <laughs> curling is taking the United States by storm. Okay. What well, curling needs? I was being facetious, but this is pretty cool. What curling needs is more NFL players and fighting. <laughs> if you could drop, if you could drop the brooms and get a, a one end penalty misconduct, they would be okay. But um, thanks for joining us, Connor. On a serious note, uh, I guess just first and foremost, the latest on Kale McCarr. Yeah, he's uh, he's out tonight and tomorrow because uh, the, the protocol dictates at minimum the, the seven-day period and that hit to the head with uh, Torbchenko, not sinister by any stretch of the imagination, but that was last Saturday in St. Louis. So he's been on the ice this week, uh, which is a good sign. You can't do that unless you pass your, your baseline testing. Uh, so he will not play tonight or tomorrow at home versus the Calgary Flames, but Jared Bednar... Uh, telling the media just about uh, 20 minutes ago that, you know, if everything goes well, he could be a possibility for early next week. The abs host Vegas on Monday and New Jersey on Wednesday. So again, it's day by day. If, if he passes those baseline tests and then can join the team non-contact first, then with contact and he'd be cleared to play, but uh, you will not see Kale McCarr on the ice tonight here in Winnipeg. Who's going to be in the net for the abs? I, it, uh, Georgiev, and that should surprise nobody. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pavel Fransos injured lower body, uh, out three weeks, uh, maybe, maybe two and a half now at this point. But, um, I also wouldn't be shocked if he played tomorrow versus the flames too. Um, he, he doesn't mind playing back to backs kind of like Connor Hellebuck. And, uh, and, uh, that's actually how he started his career. Georgiev, his first two NHL games were, were back to back. So, versus Montreal and the Minnesota Wild. So this is not unfamiliar territory for him, uh, but it'll be Georgia versus Hellebuck uh, tonight at Canada Life Place. How are they playing, Connor, in your mind? Because you've been there all year. You saw them all last year. We all knew they were injured, and every time we look at the standings, whether it's them or Minnesota or who you're looking at with Dallas, everybody keeps saying, here comes Carol, or here comes Colorado. Are, are they playing much better than they did the first couple of months? Oh, yeah. And I think more focus on the defensive side of the game like last year, because everyone likes to obviously talk about Kale McCarr and, and Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen being third in the NHL right now and goal scored. And obviously you need that to win games. But the, part of the reason that they were able to win the cup last year is they were a pain to play against. They were really tough to play against. That's why they went out and got Cogliano. Maybe the last guy through central registry at the trade deadline. That's why they went out and got Arturi Lekkinen because he was Build as a, a miniature Valerian Nachushkin, who's, who's finally back and healthy. And the common de- denominator with all three of those guys is that they're hard to play against. And the Avalanche really, I think, earlier in the year had lost that identity a bit, and they're starting to get that back. A uh, 6-5 <laughs> uh, track meet in overtime over Edmonton aside. Uh, for the most part, they've been better defensively, and uh, that's been the key when you're, when you're missing – some of your main guys, Kale McCarr, Gabe Landeskog still hasn't played this year. So um, they're starting to remember what brought them success uh, to win the Cup last year. Just uh, getting a report here. Pemina northbound completely blocked off near Jubilee. Car crash, huge backups there. So thanks for that uh, Thanks for that uh, text message, Matt. And if you're in the area, it seems like it's around Marion Boulevard. The fire department uh, is there. So if you're in the area, make sure you are aware of uh, that. We, real quick here, only got about another uh, minute and a half, Connor. But uh, the Colorado Avalanche, this is, this is kind of curious. They've been better on the road than they have been at home. What's, what's with that? 
it's funny because that was the that was the story speaking of the playoffs last year as well. I mean, only one loss <laughs> away from home and and a run to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, that's something you really don't uh, talk much about. Um, but I, I, it could be a focus thing. It could be a simplicity thing. I mean, players will tell you that sometimes the home is worse, and it's nice to just go on the road and not have to worry about anything but playing hockey. And I think that simplicity is what this team thrives on and maybe what has, um, you know, had them go four one and one in their last six road games. So um, then they'll need to play better because last time they were in this building, they got waxed five nil. So um, that sort of recent trend of playing better on the road uh, needs to continue tonight if they have any chance of beating the Jets. Uh, Lastly, Connor, what do you make of the West this year? Other than well, it being I, wide I, I open, we're all grateful. <laughs> we're all grateful that we're not in the East, and uh, <laughs> you know we're just watching them. And it's like Ken Watanabe from Godzilla: let them fight. Uh, <laughs> the East beat up on each other, and, <laughs> and yeah. And so the, the, the West is wide open. And by the time that they, you know, the Western Conference champion gets to uh, play the Eastern Conference champion, they're going to be bumped and bruised and. And not have any energy left because the East is just such a beast. So uh, we should all thank our lucky stars that we're in the Western Conference together. Yeah, Connor, real quick, uh, Kelly Moore's not been muscling you too much, has he? He's been he's been good. Oh no, oh he's a beauty, okay. beauty that guy. Right. He was, you know, he was one of the only guys. Uh, you know, honestly, everybody on the Jets crew, and we we all do our power rankings of of uh, cities and guys that we like. Jets are. Are, are number one to me from you guys to to Paul and Jamie and and mm-hmm. Kevin and and Dan Robertson. Everyone is tip top, yeah. and uh, so this is this is always one of my favorite towns to come to for that reason. And everyone and Kelly included, everybody's a bunch of sweethearts. So oh, well. I'll, have I'll, a, I'll pass yeah. along your Thanks your nice comment. All right, have a great call, Connor, and hurry hard. Yeah. Abs play-by-play. Connor McGay joining us now. Thanks a lot, Connor. That's it for me. Jim told to take all the way until 3 o'clock. Awesome guy. Uh, Jeffrey Forche, thank you for producing the show. Have a great weekend. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow, same time Monday. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.